0: Opinions expressed on ACB radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McCallen. Ann Chiapetta is an ACB member. She's also an accomplished author. You may remember my previous interview with Ann about her successful written works. Anne comes back to Speaking Out for the Blind to tell us about one of her brand spanking new publications and give our listeners who want to be authors some guidance. Welcome back to the
1: show, Ann. Thank you, Brian. It's great to be back.
0: It's great to have you back. For our listeners who might not remember you, tell us about yourself.
1: Uh... I am a poet and writer, and I live in New Rochelle, New York. I've been married 30 years, uh, and I went blind at age 28 from retinitis pigmentosa. Uh, I've been writing since I was a kid. I've had um, three books published, but, you know, self-published, and I'm looking to publish more books.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk about one of those books in a second, but... What inspired you to become an author and a poet at such a young age?
1: Well, I grew up with vision. I grew up appreciating the visual arts. I loved photographs and I loved to draw, and I was I was very visually motivated, as most kids are. And then when I lost my vision, I lost the ability to draw, to appreciate pictures um, and art, and I, I felt very uh, abandoned, you know, by my creativity after that, and I started writing about how frustrated I was about losing my vision and what it meant to me, and and then I started thinking, oh wow, I mean, I can write about it. I can I can be creative with my writing, and I started writing poetry. And um, a couple of people said, keep doing it; it's very good. Uh, Dialogue Magazine was one of the first uh, magazines that took my writing, and 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 fostered that ability to write and keep going. And then in college, it got even better. And so here I am today. I decided i going to make a go of it. And even if it's just a glorified hobby, it's what keeps me going creatively and feeds feeds me, you know? Makes me happy.
0: You cope with life's challenges. Yes. You've got this new book of essays and poems out. What's the title?
1: The title is called Words of Life, Poems and Essays.
0: I, uh. How did you decide to give that book this title?
1: Uh. I wanted something simple. I wanted something that just said what was inside the book.
0: That sounds simple to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is this whole collection of poems and essays definitely has the words of life in the forms of flash fiction, poems, and yes, essays. Can't forget those essays. Let's first talk about the poems i i understand that in the poems you show your ability to write about both the dark and light sides of your life what light and dark sides do you write about and i'm not talking about day and night here
1: that's a very good question i i write about what it's like to grieve and what it's like to laugh i write about What it's like to make hard decisions and, um, I write about the joy that things bring. Just the simple things. Whether it's, um, a lick from my guide dog or, um, or just being in the forest or listening to something beautiful or smelling something delightful. Those are the things, um, that are the dark and bright sides of life. The good and the bad.
0: This makes me want to go outside and experience nature a little bit. (laughs) Anybody could do that. You say that you write several stories and poems about nature. You you talk about trees, but what else about nature do you describe in your poems? Do you describe the birds uh, chirping? Do you describe the crows crowing? What, What else about nature?
1: Um. Well, there are a few poems in section two that's titled the 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 section's titled Earth, Wind, and Fire, and yes, it's a little bit of a take on Earth, Wind, and Fire the the band because I love them so. But <laughs> other than that, um, and and there's one poem about winter and and how uh winter can be so lonely, but also so powerful and beautiful at the same time. You know, um, about smelling the air coming in through the window or um, you know, just, you know, the, just how much winter affects us. Um, but it's beautiful, even though it's winter and how it doesn't last. Um, there's another one about the desert. Um, and, and how even though the desert looks, uh, I may feel, you know, dead or, you know, have nothing, no life. There's life there. It may be hard. It may be, um, hard to find, but it's there. Um, and then there's a poem about the wildfires in California in the 1980s and how devastating it was to people. And what I was struck with the most, uh, because I could still see a little bit then, was watching the TV and watching those people go through what was left of their homes. It's nothing but ashes. And there was ashes in their face, on their hair. Their clothing was full of ashes. Their hands were black from soot. And I felt, I felt so sad. You know, so that's that's nature. We have no control over it. We can just have to learn to deal with it and and make the best of it. So that's nature. It's powerful. It's beautiful. But, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't really care about us, you know,
0: and rebuild from what was destroyed. Like yeah. the houses in those wildfires, by the way, yeah. which wildfires in the 80s are you referring to? Were they in northern California or in southern California?
1: Northern California. Um, Where at? uh, It was uh, off of Highway 9 um, near Santa Cruz. It was, uh, yeah. Big Sur got cut off from the mudslides a year later. There was so much devastation. Um, It just amazed me. I don't specifically
0: remember those wildfires, but I lived north of Santa Cruz, and I remember... I was uh, the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake when I was just a
1: little. Mm-hmm. Scot- mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. I was there for that.
0: Did you Know Did you know a lot of survivors?
1: Um, uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Um, I did. I mean a lot, of, a lot of my friends and some of my friends lost their homes. Um, some, some people didn't lose their homes, but they had to evacuate. Uh, I just—it was—it was devastating. You know, I had never witnessed something so powerful before. I mean, I'm from the East Coast. The worst we get is a hurricane. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I still love California. It's a beautiful place.
0: It, California is a, a very beautiful place. What frank expressions of the frustration and sadness of losing your eyesight did you actually write about in your poems?
1: Uh well, I—I I, there's a there's a couple of poems uh, that talk about just how isolating it can be. Um, and one example, uh, there's a, there's a poem in there called separate. And um, I remember once I was sitting at a staff meeting and all of this nonverbal stuff was going on between all the people they are making eye contact and probably making faces and gestures and, I just felt so out of it. Like, like I was not included and I didn't know what to do about it either. You know, I didn't know whether to be like, hello, can you please just, you know, (laughs) audio describe what's going on? Um, you know, so I just let it happen. And then, you know, I left that meeting feeling, feeling like I missed out on something really important. So, and so that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's that kind of stuff.
0: Let's get out of making faces for a bit, unless we're flexing our muscles, because one of your poems is called The Writing Muscle. Is this poem really about exercising the muscles in our bodies?
1: It's about exercising our brain um, more than our muscles in our body. But your brain is part of your body. So, yeah.
0: Can you read The Writing Muscle to us?
1: Yes, I can. I can. And I just wanted you to know that um since I don't read Braille, I use a type of um system called audible prompting. So I've practiced by listening to my poem with a screen reader. And then I, you know, I practice it and record it until I think I got it right. And so I use the audible prompting like a note card. All right. So here we go. The writing muscle pumps ideas from gray matter. The writing muscle is a narcissist, caring not for other obligations, pouting when ignored. The muscle requires attention, exercise, nurturing. Sometimes it even demands control, like symbiotic partnerships. And then, like the actions demanded by a well-pumped bicep or quadricep, it will tremble with delight overtake the writer's chore list odorous laundry piles ignored phone calls delayed and an occasional burnt dinner falls victim to the whims of the Schwarzenegger muse the end
0: that that was very good schwarzenegger Thank you. muse are you referring to the movie actor
1: oh um yes i'm referring to uh i guess the movie icon yeah yeah
0: there's one poem where you explain the social, the social isolation of sorts that having a disability can bring. I know I've had experiences of this myself. Can you give this explanation to us as the poem presents?
1: Um, again, I'm going to go back to that staff meeting Uh and, and, and as the poem presents itself, um, I tried to keep it where I, you know, the, the feelings I was feeling and, and, and the experiences I was having. Um, I, I wanted to give the reader a sense of, uh, that no matter what happens, no matter how much people change and no matter how much accessibility we have, there's always going to be times where, I'm I'm gonna to have to do all of the changing, I'm gonna to have to do all of the accommodating, the explaining. And I think that's something that people without a disability, they don't understand that, you know, because it's not in their consciousness, you know, it's not in their worldview and or in their life, you know, at a at, at the top level. So I mean, and I don't expect other people, you know, to know everything about what it's like to be blind but i also get really tired and kind of uh, disillusioned when you know you have to go back to square one and explain things over and over and over again and it just doesn't get appreciated by other people so that's what that's about
0: i see well let's get to the less gloomy subjects of your poems now one of your subjects is dogs your love of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Why do you and fellow blind people love dogs?
1: Oh, well, the obvious reason is we have guide dogs, some of us. But I also think it goes deeper than that. I, I'm i a firm believer that there's a reason why dogs and people have uh, developed over a long period of time in our, our um, ancestry. It's because there's something about us and something about dogs that works, like no other domesticated animal. Uh, and it happened over a long period of time. Um, we just have a way of understanding one another and helping one another and have a mutual benefit for one another. And it just seems to work. So <laughs> why, why, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. It doesn't take much effort to, um, receive the unconditional uh regard of a, of, of a dog. Um, we just have to kind of treat it well, and you know all everything else falls into place,
0: as they say, a dog's a man's best friend, a woman's mm. best friend, and I think a person's best friend friend too <laughs> so in some of your poems, you write about the delights of sense and also about family closeness. How do you describe these to our listeners
1: well um there's a poem. It's my last poem, I believe, uh, in the book. It's called Elixir of Life. And I wrote that poem for my mom. Of course, there's always has to be a poem for my mom in anything I write, uh, or mention of my mom because she was such a significant part of my life. And she was also a very creative person. And I think she gave that to me, um, you know, and fostered that in me. So, but anyway, so the poem is about perfume <laughs> and, uh, and, and about, it, how perfume can oh can make you remember things and it can uh it can it can bring images into your mind um anything at all i mean if you think about how how it smells to be on the beach or or in the forest or during christmas time when you walk outside at that first snow and how bracing that first whiff of, of, of that feels, you know, it's like, woo, nothing smells like that, you know? You just, it's a way things get captured in in our, in our scent and then it goes right into our, into our mind and we have an appreciation of things like that. Uh, I think it's wonderful to capture things like that, um, with our sense of smell. I think we often forget it. And uh, that's what that poem is about.
0: You, you speak out to all of us, Anne. People who look at your poems and essays in words of life, they're going to remember them forever. They're going to appreciate them mightily and really, really feel them deeply. How do your written entries help accomplish these three objectives?
1: Um, I hope that being a good writer will help people remember um, good writing. You uh, you know, when, when you read or listen to a good story or an essay, or even a good article and you say, Hmm, that was really, really good. You know, I really like that. I, I identified with that point or, um, you know, I had that experience myself. It's all about connecting with the reader. And, uh, I hope, uh, the person who, uh, the person who wrote the, um, the introduction to that book, uh, to my book, you know, she read the book and those were her thoughts about about how much she would remember what I wrote. Uh, and I hope other people, also appreciate it um you know it's about practice it's about it's it's an art uh it's like what i've the poem i read the schwarzenegger muse the muse is what drives creativity and sometimes we can't tell it to go away sometimes we just have to sit down and get it out um i know with my own creative effort sometimes I'll think about an idea for weeks and I'm not ready to sit down and write it but then one day it just nags at me from the moment I get up I'll be I'll be thinking about it in the shower I'll be thinking about it on the bus I'll be thinking about it at work and I'm like I gotta go home and I have to write about this this is not going to and that is the muse the muse just has to have its way and has to have its time and you honor that and I think Good writing reflects that. So I hope that answers your question.
0: It does. What are some of your favorite poems and essays in the book?
1: Oh, Oh. Um, okay. So one of the most powerful ones is The Leading Edge, um, and it's a lyrical essay. So it takes two opposite ideas and draws them together and hopefully um, compares and contrasts them. And leaves the person going, wow, I didn't think those two ideas would have anything in common, but wow, they do. Um, so I really like The Leading Edge. I like the poem Wolf. I wrote that poem so long ago. Um, and I didn't, and, I, and then I re-found it, and I didn't really change it at all. And it was written in like early, early 1990s. Um, and, ha- and it's just, it's timeless, the message. And I really like the message that um you know sometimes you know people don't appreciate nature like they should. I like the humorous pieces um Long Beach Island is one of my favorites because it's about my family uh and we had such a good time uh, it was It was really pretty funny. Long Beach Island has a lot of bugs. <laughs> yourself with this spray to keep the flies off during the day and then you have to spray yourself at night to keep out the mosquitoes and it was like I there's too many bugs it's <laughs> funny mm. anyway um,
0: how can our listeners buy your book learn more about you and if they want to become authors what sort of advice do you give them?
1: well let me go to the advice first the advice is... To be an author or to be a good writer, you need to write. You need to read and you need to read and write more. You need, you know, p- to practice and have good discipline. Uh, there, you know, th- there is a, a way to schedule your time for your writing, uh, and for your projects so you, so you can be purposeful about it. If you're not purposeful about it, you can't exercise the muscle and it won't get better and you won't get better. Um, you know, I've always said that I would love to be a great writer, but I know I'm a good writer and I think that's okay. So that would be my, um, and and the other thing would be to join a writer's group to, to go and um, maybe uh, join a workshop, um, a writing workshop or a poetry workshop, or take a class at a local school, um, poetry writing one-on-one something to, to help you get that discipline and get that practice that will all help and it will help keep you away from your desk for a little while and interact with other people and get ideas flowing. So, so that helps too. Um, uh, so you can buy my books um, on Amazon and Kindle. I also have a um, a book buying website. It's www.dldbooks.com that's Ann Chippetta is spelled A N N C H I A P P E T T A. You can read my blog at www.thought wheel.com. And my personal website is Ann com.
0: Definitely read and write, folks.
1: Well, Ann- Got to work the muscle. Yes, it
0: is. Yes, it does. Ann. You definitely continue to be an inspiration to all of us. And we hope that our listeners are going to check out your new book. Thanks so much for joining us again today.
1: Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. It's wonderful to be on again. Thank you.
0: it's, It's wonderful having you on. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's Com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is Org, And my show archive is at acbradio.org. Speaking-out-for-the-blind. Please note that there is a lo- link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out
2: On Reese's Pieces, we play many different kinds of music, from country to ballads to some hard rock and roll from the 80s to parodies and comedies, but we also do a lot of interesting things. People exercise. People eat lunch. People sometimes take a nap. On Reese's Pieces, we laugh and enjoy each other and have fun. We talk baseball. We talk about barbershop singing. We talk about whatever is on our minds, the latest book we are reading. But most importantly, we have fun. We play good music and have good conversation. So join me, Shannon, at noon Eastern every Monday on ACB Radio Interactive for Reese's Pieces. Come and have some chocolate with us. And then, after you eat that chocolate, you can exercise. (laughs) The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals, who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge
1: individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating
2: ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at T Tobin, T T O B I N at ACB.org or by phone at 800 424 8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.
0: The First Amendment reads, People shall not be deprived or abridged of their right to
2: speak.
1: The odds are the person you just heard is an African-American.
2: Because African-Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. The freedom to shout from mountaintops. The freedom to tell
1: your mother you love her.
2: And it's twice as likely a stroke could take your life.
1: Therefore, it's twice as crucial for us to do something about preventing a stroke.
0: Learn how you can help beat the odds.
1: Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org.
2: Join the power to end stroke. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: This is ACB Radio Mainstream, an Internet audio service of the American Council of the Blind. ACB Radio, where you're listening is our business.